0: Okay, Oliver, catching up with our UK report this morning. A very good morning to you, Kay, and welcome to Cape Talk.
1: And good morning to you, Zane. How are you today? Uh, it's, a,
0: it's a slightly cooler day than yesterday, so I think we we sort of feeling all right. We're about four or five degrees lower than what we were yesterday. But yesterday was a crack of a day, and everybody was at the beach uh, in Cape Town. You guys are probably still a little bit cold out in, in the UK. <laughs>
1: Well, no sympathy here from us because I think we're on a cold weather warning here in England for the next couple of days. So temperatures are going to sink again. It's going to be a cold one.
0: Catch the flight to South Africa is all I can tell you. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, we, we, we kick off with a man who arrived at Windsor Castle armed with a loaded crossbow and told the protection officer, I'm here to kill the Queen. But this happened on Christmas Day 2021.
1: Absolutely. Can you imagine any more words, anything more chilling than a man breaking into Windsor Castle and saying, "I'm here to kill the Queen"? This was a 21-year-old Jasmine Singh Chow, who has now been given evidence via video link from Broadmoor Top Security Hospital. He was caught by protection officers in the grounds of Windsor Castle. He was armed and extremely dangerous, and had made the statement that he was actually going to kill the Queen. It was our late monarch's last Christmas, as it turned out. He was by these security officers and obviously um, taken away but it was a real threat that Crossbow was armed and he had uh, previously, it's transpired, applied to be with a grenadier guard so he simply wanted to get closer to the royal family. He is of Sikh origin and he has claimed that his actions were in revenge for the 1919 Amritsar massacre in which the British killed 400 Indian men, women and children. Now he has been charged under the treason act, which obviously doesn't happen very often here. But the um, the uh, it's an ongoing case at the Old Bailey, so we'll find out later what happens. But he is already at Balmore High Security Hospital.
0: Mm, a crossbow. You arrived to kill the queen with a crossbow. Um, <laughs> uh, 21-year-old, I think we can actually forgive him for, 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 his, for his youth, actually. Uh, okay, we, there's a very sad story um, that's grabbing the headlines uh, this week. It's about a 45-year-old mother of two who literally vanished.
1: Absolutely. Her name is Nicola Bully, and she was walking with her pet spaniel by the River Wire in Lancashire, and it transpired that she was on a conference call to her workforce, and it was 9.10 in the morning. She was on this muted conference call, and suddenly, 10 minutes of her life of has- for ten minutes there was nothing going on and then she has virtually vanished from the planet. She has just disappeared. There are wide scale searches of rivers, of fast flowing river wire near near the scene of this incident and she has um, a family, two, two young children, her partner has been making pleas on TV The police have said quite unusually that they don't ex- ex- suspect a third party to be involved in this they put out a statement on Friday two days ago simply saying that their fear is that she had fallen into the river, she was wearing quite heavy clothing, they feel that she might have thrown a tennis ball for her Spaniel dog to retrieve, this may- Never happened and um, she has fallen into the river and clearly that's the police's statement on this but her family is saying it simply is not probable that she could have fallen into the river it was something she did every day she went to sit on this countryside bench after dropping her daughters off at of school and they are not happy with the police line that's been taken here it's a massive search going on zane and one the family is still living in hope that perhaps that she she may have wandered off somewhere nobody knows there are high scale appeals for witnesses to come forward another woman who was pushing a pram near the scene she was being searched while she's come forward all these leads are being slowly eradicated but the bottom line is a missing mother of two young children missing now for over a week prayers are being said
0: and uh, m- moving on from that very sad story, the, the energy giants out in the UK have uh, sort of announced enormous profits and uh, some of the big names have now been asked uh, you know, to suspend the forced installation of prepayment meters. We've got uh, a number of homes here, for instance, the you know, the homes that have been built in the last couple of years uh, and last 10, 15 years, for instance, have got, got prepaid meters in it and uh, people find that that is the way to go.
1: Well, these prepaid meters seem to have been in, installed by debt collectors who've broken into the homes of vulnerable people. We've had one woman, she's an 81-year-old, she was in the hospital, and this debt collector, they've gone in because um, they've, they've installed the meters, which basically, as, as you know, you, you pay ahead of using the electricity. People are very unhappy about the way this has been carried out. They've, they've been getting warrants from magistrates' courts to do this. And Ofgem, who are the regulator of the energy companies here, have said this practice has got to stop. So the practice has been stopped immediately. And we've had a story of one magistrate who was almost, he feels, forced to sign one of these warrants. He's resigned. And the whole practice of, of this kind of forced installation has been halted, and they, they feel feel that it will never ever come back again. It's caused a lot of distress distress to people. Mm.
0: Do they say what they're collecting the debt for? Are they collecting the debt for energy or collecting? Because we have a system in Cape Town, for instance, whereby um, you have a prepaid meter, you buy your electricity. But if you owe on your rates and taxes, then a portion of that uh, which you are purchasing, if you're purchasing 100 rand, let's say, for instance, 20 rand will then come off and go to your rates and taxes. So wh- what are the, the, these guys collecting debt for?
1: No, they're collecting for the energy companies. Uh It's simply for the gas and electricity supplies.
0: Mm, So pay us or we'll put a meter into your home. Uh, At last, some signs of green shoots of recovery for the British economy?
1: Absolutely. Is. And this is the one that um, people perhaps haven't expected to be uh, the statement we made quite so quickly. Bank of England boss Andrew Bailey announcing that interest rates here had risen to the highest level since 2009. Also said, despite this raise, that um, green shoots of recovery, that the we are sinking into recession in this country. But this is the good news. It's only going to last for a year and we will start uh, see things improve as energy prices drop and also um, there won't be such a shall we say the cost of living will start to fall as well so although we won't be back to pre-COVID levels until I think the prediction is 2026 at least there is some good news and of course if you have got savings at this time the interest rates have never been high and that's the whole thing they want to prompt saving and get people to maybe to stop spending money and kind of store it up so we wait to see Zane really. It, it, it's, uh, it's good to be able to give some good news about our economy.
0: Mm. And that's the key to to sort of controlling things is to push the interest rates up so that people can start saving more and encourage saving, uh, and discourage spending so that you can uh, sort of, you know, turn down things and create more of a growth in the company and in the country, for instance. And I'm glad there are some good signs of recovery for for the British economy because I think you know this this COVID has just taken the sales uh, out of out of uh, a number of things now. Uh, a bid for. Fit- for a king what is that all about that is king charles eventually selling his bed now
1: well no it's not king king charles could be sleeping in a bed that had been in a family home in northamptonshire <laughs> for 15 years this is an amazing story of a lady called wendy martin she went to an auction and um, she paid i think in the end it was a hundred pounds for a for a box over with this beautiful ornate bed two, in 200 pieces the family reassembled it they slept in this bed for 15 years in quite a ramshackle house in Northampton and then they saw an advertisement in the paper from somebody who worked for the V&A museum talking about this lost monarch's bed and they realised quite quickly that they had the lost monarch's bed they then gave it back to kind of the the nation to national heritage it was restored and it's now um, in Westminster Palace and it's tradition that the night before a coronation the king sleeps in this wonderful or made four-poster bed and it's sitting there in Westminster Palace and it could be that King Charles III chooses to sleep in this bed ahead of his coronation on May the 6th so we wait to see but this bed that she the Lady Wendy Martin got for just I think a hundred pounds back in the 1970s is obviously now worth it. it's. it's it's priceless.
0: Mm. Yeah, uh, I wonder if the king will actually sleep in it and, um, yeah. well.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well Who knows with Camilla <laughs> Yeah,
0: <laughs> Oh that's that's the one that's controlling the whole story about this bit I'm chatting this morning to Kay Oliver and we're catching up with what's happening in the UK and uh, surrounding uh, the UK Well, Welsh rugby fans have actually been told not to sing the chorus anymore from Tom Jones's Bye, bye, my, my, my or bye-bye, (laughs) Delilah, why is that?
1: Well, it basically, it's come under scrutiny. Tom Jones had a big hit with this song, Delilah, in 1968. And it's actually about somebody killing, killing their lover. And it would appear that um, the Welsh Rugby Union have suddenly said they don't like the lyrics of this. And clearly, if you analyze these lyrics, they talk about domestic violence. It, it's got a lot of violence and aggression in it. And they don't want people singing it at um, jolly rugby matches. Now, the Welsh rugby fans probably haven't. Sung the main content of the song. They've only been really singing the chorus. So, anyway, they're not allowed to sing it within the stadiums. They didn't sing it yesterday in the stadium during their kind of uh, their clash with, with Ireland, which incidentally they lost. But apparently the fans were singing it as they walked down the streets in pubs it remains to be seen if they can really have have the song taken out and they are the welsh choir basically but we will we wait to see what further happens on this one zane
0: coming to our last story Kay, the woman who the spare prince harry lost keys virginity who has been named she is a 41 year old digger driver um how did that story unfold
1: well this one that's come out, and I think it's a friend on WhatsApp has been talking to this woman, Sasha Wimpole, and it transpires when clearly, as you say, it's been a global guessing game. It was one of the main facts to emerge from spare. Who did he lose his virginity to? This older woman. I think an actress, Elizabeth Hurley here, has had to deny it was her. It turns out that this lady, Sasha Wimpole, who's claimed responsibility, um, was a groom at the future King Charles Charles III's um, stables at High Grove in Gloucestershire and it was a 19-year-old Sasha's birthday party that Prince Harry got invited to and um, yeah, the rest, is, the rest is history really, Zane. It's definitely uh, definitely, perhaps um, answered a few questions that were going on here. She's a mother of two and uh, she, she's two years older than him. She's 41, I think he's 39, so she wasn't that much older really. <laughs>
0: Kay, you, you bring us very, very intriguing stories. Kay, thank you so much for your time this morning.